everyone, and welcome to episode 301 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Zephrod Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth. It is going very well under this mountain of previews we've gotten over the past oh. uh, 24 hours and also week. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's going to be a big focus of our cast. But before we get to that, we got another co-host in Krim. How are you this fine Monday, Krim? I'm doing just wonderful. I am so excited. Commander Legends, tons of spoilers have been coming in, and this is the set I've been most excited for all year. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be the big topic of our podcast today. We have a week's worth of Commander Legends spoilers. I think we're a little more than halfway through, maybe like three quarters at this point. So we got a huge chunk of the set to talk about today, which means we're going to dedicate basically the entire cast, minus maybe some fish mail answering at the end, to talking about our favorite sweet new Commander Legends cards. So that is the plan for today. But before we get into all the new cards, our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if you've ever experienced the overwhelming hassle of trying to buy those magic cards, all the typing and sorting and shipping, it's a lot of work. It's not a lot of fun. Well, uh, Card Conduit, a new service from the folks over at Card Hoarder, is the easiest way to sell your cards. And if you're looking to avoid all the hassle and all the time that it takes, they will sort grade and sell your cards for you. And once your shipment is processed, you'll get the proceeds minus their fee. And and right now, you can even get a 10% discount by going to cardconduit.com slash goldfish. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the podcast today. And with our sponsorship stuff out of the way, let's talk new magic cards. Richard, we got a big list. The The hard part of today, honestly, was narrowing it down. We started with like, I don't even know, probably like three hours worth of podcasting to talk about all the cards on our initial list. We narrowed it down a bit, but we still got a ton to talk about. So Richard, guide us through some sweet new Commander Legends guards all right we're gonna we're gonna cut straight to the chase mythic of the set the most controversial card uh that people have been talking about we're, we're gonna get our takes on it jeweled lotus oh not zero to cast. The earth. okay <laughs> zero to cast it's an artifact it's a mythic rare tap it to sacrifice jeweled lotus add three mana of any one color spend this mana only to cast your commander. So a Black Lotus, where the stipulation is you can only use it to cast your commander, coming in at Mythic Rare, currently pre-selling at a nice price of $130. <laughs> overrated. 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 Good card, but o- overrated. Not going to be an auto-include. Like, I'm not going to play it in my three-color commander deck. Uh, the design of it, uh, I mean, that that's another discussion, but if you're asking me, am I going to, like, is this an auto-include? Like, people are saying, I don't think I'm auto-including it. Yeah, I think... I think two things for me are true about this card. One is I do feel like Krim to some extent is right and people are overrating it. I don't think it goes in every deck in the way that Soul Ring does. I do think it's mostly like monocolor, two color, some three color decks, but I don't think it's something you just play in every single deck. On the other hand, I also think this is by far the worst design in all of Commander Legends. Like this is literally exactly the kind of cards that I hate in Commander. It's another swingy soul ring card where you're going to sit down and like be excited to play this fun game of Commander and then someone's going to be like oh oops I played Golos on turn one and the game's (laughs) over here. Like this is exactly what you don't want a game of Commander to be about. So even though it doesn't go in every deck, when this shows up there's nothing good and fun that comes from this. It's just a broken card. Like Oh, I hate the card, but I do agree it doesn't show up in every deck. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I would even say I'd find, like, soaring more annoying because that that's an auto-include, right? Like, in every deck. But, uh, but like, yeah, this card, you know, it, it is it is disgusting. In, and, it, like, it's going to – I don't know about CDH. I'm not talking – for anybody that's talking CDH stuff, that's not what I'm talking about because I just assume – everything is really explosive in EDH. So, uh, like, but the thing here is specifically in just, like, a, I don't know, a casual table. Yeah, this is going to feel pretty bad when they get to Golos or, like, Urza, but I don't know what Urza table, I mean, what casual Urza table there is, right? But, uh, like, in monocolor decks, this will be an auto-include, but I, I, I just don't find it, I mean, I guess you could reoccur it in an artifact commander, but 
other than that, I, I just don't think it's going to be in every one of my decks. So as I, I mean, mentioned. okay, I think you guys are severely underrating this card. Okay, <laughs> so I was like with Seth, like if you go to the podcast like a month or two ago, I'm like, ah, you know, Commander Legends going to ruin Magic, you know, or ruin Commander. Like Commander's going to be 2019 forward, like every other format. It's going to be terrible. But then Wizards started releasing cards and we're like, wow, these cards are like balanced. They enable cool new things. This set is looking really good. And then they dropped the Jeweled Lotus and we're like, there it is. There's the Wizards we were <laughs> expecting. There's the cynicism and everything coming to, coming to fruition, right? This card is just broken, right? Like the only, re the, okay, the argument for it not being broken is your deck sucks, right? Like if I'm playing Skeleton <laughs> Tribal and like I power out like a five mana one one regenerate, yeah, this is garbage. Right, but if you are playing any legitimate deck where your commander does literally anything, this card is beyond broken, right? The, the only stipulation to that is you have a four color commander or like a five color commander, right? But anything like three colors down that can use this to cast, it's just beyond broken. Uh, I think Tomer released a video on this. You can check it on the commander YouTube, but he basically said something along the lines of, if this card was printed 10 years ago, it might've been balanced. Right in the sense that okay, you're 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 going down a card to power out your commander, but cards these days are like outrageous, right? Your commander comes in in two for ones, three for ones is some like crazy value engine. Going down a card is like nothing, right? Like if you could play Dark Ritual in your deck, uh, you would, and like all black decks do. But now you have a Dark Ritual uh, that can only cast your commander, so it's like less than a Dark Ritual, but it's available in every color. Right, like fast mana has never been balanced. Uh, so giving you fast mana for your commander, which is like a card you want to play anyway, is really bad, right? And you know, it's not as good as Soul Ring, right? Soul Ring is the best card, but you're comparing like the most broken card uh, in commander that should have been banned, but has been grandfathered in somehow. Uh, you know, like it doesn't make it any better, right? It's, it's like saying like, oh, this is not as bad as Brainstorm. It's just a 95% of a brainstorm. It's like too much. It's just gonna create the situation that Seth said. You you play this, you become arch enemy. It's a 3v1. Either you win the game right there or the other three players beat you and you sit out and do nothing. Like that's that's not a fun time. Right? Like I don't wanna do that, right? I wanna play a four player game. So Well, you shouldn't have so put the I don't fast know, mana in your deck. No, just <laughs> that's just terrible design, right? Know, like this card wins the game or takes you out of the game. And like, why would you do this, right? Like, I don't know, right? It's just terrible design and it will break, you know, competitive decks and just like fragment the, the player base even further. Like, like you sit down, they're like, turn one Golos. You're like, cool, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, Not to mention all the actual combos, right? Imagine if you had like a combo commander. We've been talking about playing this fairly, right? What if you could like recur this and like sack your commander or something, you know, do like some sure. weird loops with like this. Like Brea, I don't know, like any artifact based commander. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once, it's just broken. Once again, like I do think from design, like, yeah, this, this is not a great card, but I mean, I don't know. I guess I just don't really see why like everyone's up in arms with it. Uh, I mean, Golos is already doing broken things anyways. So <laughs> like, I, mean, I think it's the price, right? So oh, if this price, is like a hundred dollar yes. card or an $80 card, that's an auto include in every deck for you to be competitive, you would be uh, agitated, right? Like if Soul Ring was an $80 card, people would be upset about Soul Ring. But because oh, Soul Ring is so cheap, everyone's just like, whatever, it's okay. <laughs> right, like I'll just put one in my deck because it's like a a cheap card. But, if but we're, this is a Chase Mythic. If we're taking out the price, like I mean, right now, like I'm not even factoring the price. We factor in the price. Yes, that is miserable. I don't want to pay 150 dollars for a, an auto include. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Wizards just can't resist, can they? Like, I was feeling like so positive about the set, and I still feel so positive about the set overwhelmingly. But it also feels like Wizards can't resist, like printing that one broken mythic to sell the packs it does in some ways it feels very reminiscent and familiar with like every set we've seen over the past few years where it's like wow this has so many cool cards it's got such cool flavor but you just gotta have that <laughs> that one busted card and they they just can't resist it they impulse, don't need to apparently. do it the rest of the set is amazing right like it's not like the rest of the set is weak and they have to put this in to sell the packs they would have sold the packs regardless 
but they put this in and it just creates this kind of ill will amongst magic players now right <laughs> it's absolutely like, overshadowed everything in the set and i never exactly. I have not understood like personally i'm just like okay it exists but I, I like this is the most talked about card i i do think that uh the argument that some people use like oh it's only slightly better than dark ritual i think that shows a <laughs> a pretty big misunderstanding of the commander format because dark rituals busted and this is a colorless dark ritual so even if we assume that it's only slightly better than dark ritual a colorless dark ritual is insane and this is apparently slightly better and people use that as like an argument for why it was not a problem <laughs> which to me like slightly better than dark ritual but can go in any deck that actually sounds very problematic yeah, and then you also have two commanders, right? So, like, even, you know, you can play your first commander, then use Jeweled Lotus to play your second commander, your partner, to, like, finish the combo. Or you can, like, uh, you know, turn three, use Jeweled Lotus to play your three CMC commander and hold three real mana to protect it. Like, you don't have to, like, do the crazy turn one goals, right? You can just be, like, turn two Najila holding protection, your go, right? Like, you can do all kinds of things with this this card. Like, I think... People are just severely underrating it somehow. Like, fast mana has been broken in every single format. Right? I don't know why you would think it'd be not broken in Commander. Like, we don't print these in standard. Can you imagine if this was like standard playable somehow? Can you imagine if they put Dark Ritual in standard? Like, isn't that all of last year? <laughs> like, <laughs> their Dark Ritual came at five CMC, right? Imagine well, if the Dark Ritual comes at zero, right? But five CMC from 2019 forward is like two. <sighs> But, uh, can, you, uh, can you just imagine just powering out your stupid broken like six cmc commander that like five for ones everyone at the table right like who cares that you went down a card you just like got five cards back in value right so i just ah, oh, this uh oh, this card i think, I think oh, the, so the argument was also like this um was to like catch you up if your commander was like too expensive and stuff like that uh <laughs> that was another one of the things i read online and, and i was just like hmm okay oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if we were casting sierra angels this would be fine but we're not <laughs> right we're like cascading into cascading into like quadruple ramp or something right like so that just makes it even worse all right let's move on to the uh I guess if, if Jeweled Lotus is the number one most talked about card, we'll, we'll move on to number two, yeah. which would be uh, Opposition Agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. This is the card. Two and a black. So three CMC. It's just a regular creature. It's a human rogue. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a rare. It's a 3-2 flash. You control your opponents while they're searching their libraries. While an opponent is searching their library, you may exile each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast them. See, this this is the card. Now, this is the one that I can't stop talking about. This is the one. And yes, of course, it's a rogue, so obviously it has me excited. But this is just such a sweet card. I mean, I... I already don't play a ton of tutors, um, just because I find, like, you know, I, I'm on the camp of, uh, you know, I play a singleton format to try not to have a ridiculous amount of redundancy, <laughs> and and this will just reward me, because I don't have to worry about getting got for this. I can potentially now ramp in my rogues deck, because I could steal your fetch land. <laughs> you say that, when you crack your fetch, someone's going to opposition agent you, and Crim will be what? sitting at one mana the fetch? entire game. What fetch? <laughs> what fetch? Maybe in paper, yes, but uh, like I, I think this card is so sweet. I think this is like my, this is my chase card. This is what sells the packs for me. I think that the things that you can do with this card are hilarious. Um, they're perfectly trolly enough. There's just enough feel bad here for me to get a smile out of it, but but like not enough of a feel bad to where I think it's absurdly broken. Yeah, I actually feel like this card's really overrated. Like, I think it's good, but this was a card where people, when it first was previewed, were like, it should be banned. Oh, yeah, like, that's... it's going to destroy the format. And <laughs> when I read this card, I see, like, even Mind Sensor, essentially. Like, I see a black Aven Mind Sensor with, like, a slight... It is uh, better than an Aven Mind you Sensor. You get the card, though, right? right? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you yeah. get the card. And yeah. So it's... it's... 
an Avid Mind sensor where you like vampiric tutor off the back of it, right? Well, right. I mean, I feel like that's looking at the the best case scenario. I think most of the time it's going to be like a vampiric tutor where you get a land because you stop a fetch land or something. So, like, sure, in the dream scenario, your opponent, I don't know, casts the flashback tutor that grabs two cards or like the expel tutor, and you're like, whoa, I just tutored for your whole deck. I got gotcha. you. But wouldn't I feel you, like. Wouldn't you and just feel like this is already amazing if just like, I don't know, they cast any tutor like i mean demonic tutor diabolic either any if you get one card off this any one card off your opponent's deck isn't that sweet i mean it's definitely a sweet card but i think people are just like way more scared of this card than than they should be like i feel like it's a sweet card i think it's actually like of a pretty fine power level like you play it you get to like steal one of your opponent's tutors hopefully or worst case you get a random land from a fetch land or a rampant growth and then after that, either just dies or no one tutors until uh, until the opposition agent goes away, which makes it, like, I think it's a more fun version of Avon Mind Sensor, essentially. I don't see it as, like, this big scary thing. I think it is maybe a big scary thing in, like, Legacy. I am a little concerned about Legacy and Vintage, and if this card uh, might be too good because those formats, you have a lot of decks that are so dependent on fetch lands. This can just be game over if you can, like, ramp it out on turn one or turn two. So I am a little concerned about those formats, but in Command I think it's like a fun, fine card. It's a 3-2. Like, if you were really scared of this, like, that sounds bad, but put a little more removal in your deck. Like, you should be able to deal with this. It's not like has some crazy form of protection. So I actually feel like this is a pretty fun, it's powerful, but I think it's at, like, a decent power level for Commander. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I, I think most people are super overrating it. I put it somewhere between a Mind Sensor and an Ocean Thief. Like... One person is going to get got, right? Someone's going to tutor. <laughs> the opposition agent's going to come down. They're going to get got. And, like, probably 20% of the time, you actually get the card. Like, I guess you can get an instant, so you can play it immediately. But, like, this thing will just die immediately, right? So you may not even get the card. Uh, so you're just kind of just aiming mind censoring them in that aspect. And then, like, no one is going to tutor ever again until this thing is off the table, right? So now it's a, ta- a stacks piece or something. So I, I don't know why people are so afraid of this card. Like it's, I'm more afraid of a notion thief actually, right? Like <laughs> if you get like, you know, someone casts a big X draw spell and you notion thief, it's like way better than this, I think. So yeah, I think it's a solid card. It's a very fun card, right? Like Krim said, like you can just do all kinds of like weird nonsense with it. It's like a Gaunty card, yeah, uh, like, like something like that rather than a format breaking or format defining card uh like jewel lotus uh, so i'm not i'm not sure why but people seem to be pretty scared of this card this card is actually pre-ordering for a lot i don't so, know if they're scared of it or if it's just one of those cards that generates tons and tons of sodium i i i, I like you know what i mean like i, I don't think people are I scared mean, is it though it. it's just like getting your tutor countered spell it's not even that bad right like <laughs> It's, but, it's, but it's the fact that you get to go tutor whatever, and then you get a card out of them. Yeah, spending but you need mana. to untap with this opposition agent and like. Well, hold on. Do you need? You don't need to untap with your mana. Well, to, like, so it depends what you tutor up, right? So if you tutor yeah. up an instant, you can cast immediately. But if you tutored up something else, then you need to untap, or you know, if you're trying to flash this in on turn three, you actually have no mana. Right, so it's pretty restrictive. It's not like you instantly get the cards like an ocean thief. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it could just die with the tutor on the stack. Like if you cast a demonic tutor and someone flashes this in, like it can just get you know swords or path or doom bladed or whatever to kill it before the tutor even happens. Doesn't die to doom blade. Good card. Oh no, terror then. (laughs) Still, still doesn't die to terror. Okay. (laughs) Oh wait, uh, Reaver Demon. Reaver Demon. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Next up, we have Wheel of Misfortune. This card is sweet. Two in a red sorcery. It's a rare. Each player secretly chooses a number zero or greater. Then all players reveal the numbers simultaneously and determine the highest and lowest numbers revealed this way. Wheel of Misfortune deals damage equal to the highest number uh, each player chose. Uh, and then each player who didn't choose the lowest number discards their hand and draws seven. <laughs> this card is going to kill me very often, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean... This card, this card's definitely, it's sweet. And I'm glad that they're trying to fix the Wheel of Fortune problem. It's definitely not 
Wheel of Fortune, though. It's another, I think, out of all the, like, not quite Wheel of Fortunes, this one might be the closest to actual Wheel of Fortune, um, which I like. So it is kind of a budget substitute, I think, more so than the other ones. Although, at the same time, it also makes me a little sad, because when I see it, I'm like, ah, why can't you just get rid of the stupid reserve list and print actual Wheel of Fortune wizards? So I think I'll play it, but it still makes me a little sad, and I still hope they can somehow fix the reserve list issues with some of these commander staples. I mean, reserve lists or not, I mean, like, obviously I despise the reserve list, but, like, I, I would still play Wheel of Misfortune and Wheel of Fortune uh, if the reserve list wasn't here, because I think Wheel of Fortune is just such a fun card. Uh, like yeah. design-wise, this is just a sweet, sweet card, right? Of course, you know, like Seth will name forty-nine for some odd reason while everyone's <laughs> at like, oh, uh, we'll say seven. <laughs> gotta, yeah, this, gotta make this, sure you draw those cards. <laughs> to me, this is a chaos card or something rather than a wheel of fortune, right? So, so the idea here is you're trying to get the middle number, right? Because if you choose the biggest number, Seth. you get domed and kill yourself. If you choose the smallest number, you don't get to wheel. So everyone's trying to get the middle number, and then you're like is 10 enough right what if i choose 20 what if i choose 30 it's like a little price is right game or something going on here <laughs> and, and I, I feel that game is too complicated for you to just want to draw cards right so i feel if you're gonna do this like you have a circle of protection or something going on or i don't know right like it seems a little dangerous just to put in your random deck to wheel so to me it's like a chaos card or, or something right like i don't know what number to choose what number would you choose if we were to play right now Everyone have a number in their mind. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I mean, <laughs> I think it's like thirty-nine, dude. It's so it's it's so dependent on your life total, though. So Let's I think say we're all at forty. Let's do. say we're all at forty right now. All right, oh, Seth, what's uh, your number? I have a number uh, already. Uh, like so, for the memes, I would say thirty-nine. But yeah. honestly, it'd probably be like thirty-eight. I, I'd probably go like no, well, twenty, twenty, like twenty. I think. <laughs> Crib would say 39. No, I would say 10. No, I, got, I did I not. I would not say 39. <laughs> my number what, what would you say? My number was 15. Oh, oh I still see. I still lose. You guys yeah. are. We're, we're I, totally just going to turn one kill ourselves in the next commander clash. <laughs> we play this, where we're like, wow, I see Crib is going to choose 15. Seth's going to choose 20. I better choose 40. <laughs> you really though because three people get to draw though so you, you really just want to not be the last person right you yeah. want to not be the first or the last person well so, but being the first person you at least get to draw cards right like isn't if you have the highest you still get to draw oh cards. that's right yeah if you get the highest you still draw cards you just get just get burned totally wrecked yeah, so you, you want to be also in the take middle. 20 damage yes. yeah the middle is the place to be so i feel like though in an actual game of commander i feel like it's going to be easier than it looks because Imagine a situation where instead of everyone being at 40 and you cast this on turn three, it's like turn eight and someone's at like 15, then it's pretty easy to hit the middle. You got to assume that person cannot afford to bid very much. So I Why? feel like they, they could just take the gamble and choose. Well, even if they go 14, like you can go 15 or whatever. So I feel like I feel like it'll be easier to actually play with in an actual game when people are at various life totals and the game has like some sort of context to it. So I feel like it'll be easier and less painful than it looks. All right, editor, take this clip. I, I want to see <laughs> Seth like take fifty to the face from this card in the next Commander Clash Seth and just will take die. More instantly. than fifteen, Richard. Seth, Seth's actually Me? downplaying the number he would say right but now. Then you just switch life totals with someone else. It's actually a combo piece. It's a way to lose thirty nine life all at once and then get someone like death shadow someone or whatever repay in kind (laughs) yes all right speaking of seth we have the saffron olive invitational card now (laughs) i'm reaching out to the to the goldfish legal team to contact wizards here because i don't believe they got our rights (laughs) we need we need a cut of the royalties from the sales of the set we have hans erickson a legendary creature, human scout, two red and a green. The art is literally Seth. If you haven't seen the card, <laughs> take a look at the card. It is Seth. What happened? I don't know. Seth won some tournament I, somewhere and yeah. made an invitational card. <laughs> Does that yeah, mean I don't, I don't know how I have it either, but. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Saffy Olive. <laughs> oh, Saffy Olive. Yeah, nice. Oh. So it's a 1 4. 
when Saffron Olive attacks, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it onto the battlefield tapped and attacking defending player or a planeswalker they control. Uh, otherwise, put that card in your hand. When you put a card, a creature card, onto the battlefield this way, it fights Hans Ericsson. Apart so from not not, not like a very it. Seth card itself. It requires yeah. combat. Um. <laughs> yeah, apart from looking like me, uh, it's not really my play style. Although I do think it's actually a really sweet card. I I think. Yes, it does tend to kill itself uh, if you don't build around it, but it's actually really easy to build around where you can make it so this can be dumping something into play every single turn, and it's not even until end of turn. It stays on the battlefield. So there's like bubble matrixes and vigors and dark steel plates to get around the fight mechanic. And then if you throw in like scroll rack being reprinted and hopefully a little bit cheaper or like Crib's favorite Sensei's Divining Top or like a Worldly (laughs) Tutor... Like, you can actually turn this into a really powerful commander. So I think this is actually a lot more powerful than it looks. You read the fight ability, and you're like, oh, like, it's just going to die. But I think you can actually build around that pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of things you can do, right? Uh, to, like, give your commander indestructible, like you had mentioned, protection from colors. So definitely a lot. Yeah, protection from creatures would work, Yeah. Too. Ooh. Yeah. Totem armors. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now, this is the real chase uncommon of the set uh what i've been waiting for rogak son of roga zero cmc it's a zero one legendary creature kobold warrior first strike menace trample partner goes with jeweled lotus strength is relative yes (laughs) i can mana burn myself (laughs) you can you can uh thud you can on turn one play it again (laughs) i actually think this is like actually a really sweet card it it has so many keywords and it's a zero one which is like beautiful so you have to build around it it's partner so you get a second one and it enables kobold tribal yeah I, i I love this card, too. This card's super sweet. I mostly want to build, like, the Hammer Time deck with it. There's, like, a partner that, when it comes into... uh, At the beginning of combat, I'm trying to find it. It's one of the white uncommon ones. Uh, Arden, Intrepid Archaeologist. Beginning of your combat, you get to equip any numbers of aura or equipment to target permanent or player. So I imagine you play this and, like, Colossus Havers and, like, Argentum Armors and just try to, like, jank people out by turning this into, like, a two-shot kill... Zero, zero mana, zero power commander really early in the game. So I actually think it's sweet. And I mean, Kabold Tribal, this is, there was only one other legendary Kabold. And oh my God, that card is so bad. It's the one you got to like pay three mana or you donate it and like uh, <laughs> to your opponents every turn. I get, I think it's the father of, uh, of this one. But yeah, so it's sweet to actually have like a playable legendary Kabold. It's a warrior. So it works with all of the warrior equipment from our last set. So the one, oh, what is that limited all-star where you can equip a warrior and then if it, it has two haste. Two. Oh, no. Yeah, it gets haste, right? Yeah. So you could do things like that. We have uh, Blackblade Reforged, right? We, we have all kinds of cool equipment we can slap on to uh, the son of Roga. Now, I'm curious, is, does Roga have a card? I'm gonna no, guess because so, there's like Roga, four kobold cards. Yeah, that's the that's the horrible oh. the horrible legendary. Yeah, the oh. one other legendary. I'm so sad because my my old kobold deck was a paradox engine deck where you gobble oh. off with your kobolds, <laughs> but uh, I, that's banned now. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to build <laughs> kobold tribal deck back. from ground up. I mean, it does kind of combo with skull clamp too. That might be the no, best use of it. No, <laughs> don't you dare! You like skull clamp and then you lotus. <laughs> yeah, so recast the skull clamp some more, and you're like, this card doesn't seem broken. Why is it 130 dollars? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, all right, next up we have Obeka, brute chronologist. Yes, this is the other card I'm most excited for. From this one set. blue, black, red. So four CMC, Grixis colors. Krim <laughs> likes it. Wow, shocking. <laughs> Legendary creature, ogre wizard. It's a three forward. Tap it. The player whose turn it is may end the turn. All right. So you remember how you constantly wanted to skip, 
skip your turn or whatever. Oh, are we, are we teaming up? <laughs> yeah, 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 see, now you're going to have a table where you're going to skip your turns and somebody else is going to skip their turn. And for some odd reason, there's just this weird uh, fast-paced cycle of turns. And I and I cannot play, wait to play with this card and, you know, like other like time stop abilities and stuff like that. And it, just having like a Sundial of the Infinite on a stick here is really fun. Uh, lots of things you can do with this. So I, I, I planned on making a deck that's going to play like Active Treasons, you know, Slave of Bolas, all this other stuff. And it's just going to be all about <laughs> abusing that uh, ending your own turn stuff. Obviously, I would love for it to tap and just end anyone's turn, but that would be too <laughs> broken. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think this card is super sweet, too. This is one of my favorites in the set. I, I want to go with the, like, lose the game tribal. Like, yeah. you play all the, like, final fortunes and have all these, like, two-man extra turn spells. Glorious and end. Do- glorious end. Demonic <laughs> pack. Very risky. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And what happens to Obeka? Yeah. Well, well, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it's a high-risk, low-reward, low strategy, but uh, it does yes. sound flavorful. <laughs> Like this. Is there any practical purpose for you to end another player's turn? Because they have to agree can, to it, right? You can politic So if it. someone, like, does an instant speed spell, like, say, settle the wreckage or something that you don't agree with, we, we could <laughs> end the turn. You don't agree with? I love that. I think... <laughs> I think well, uh, you could save someone, right? Yeah, like a fog. Yeah. Uh, that's what I imagine it will be most commonly used as. Like someone alpha strikes someone else, and you're just like, "Oh, would you like me to end your turn and fizzle all that damage?" So I think like wait, wait, that doesn't there work because are... the attacking player is not going to end their turn. Oh, right. it, it has yeah, to be you like right. you 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 attack, and then they have like a combat trick or something. Right, the defending player has a combat trick, so then the attacking player is like, "No, no, 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 end the turn." I take it back. Right or someone like end of turn cyclonic rifts for some reason yep. while it's on the battlefield, you can just be like, "Sorry, end the turn." That's that's the big thing for me. I plan on using this as a defensive thing too, where like if somebody's waiting, like there's a flash deck or those darn blue decks, uh, and and how they're waiting to do anything at the end of your turn. Well, if they now you get to like say the ball's in your court, would you like to do anything? Ah, uh, too bad, I'll yeah. end my turn. So in Crim Mana Drains, you can be like, hey, instead of having your 20 CMC spell countered, would you like to end your turn? (laughs) Yep. Like, that's mostly how I see this. I see this as a way to, like, uh, respond to the flash decks and the instant speed decks while also being able to play Lose the Game Tribal and and all this other stuff. All right. Next up, we have a, a very old character. Uh, we've seen his disc many times on Commander Clash. We have Navinral Orberg Tyrant. Three white, blue, black. So six CMC, uh, Esper colors, legendary yep. creature, zombie, wizard, three six. Hexproof from artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. When Navinral enters the battlefield, create a tapped 2 2 black zombie creature token for each creature that died this turn. When Navinral dies, you may pay one. When you do, destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Dude, how sweet is this card? And also, I love that it has hexproof from artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. All the things that disc blew, like blows up, right? I mean, he still gets blown up by yeah. disc. Yeah, <laughs> but, he, but like, but like, it's, it's they're really going hardcore. They're like, no man, Divinral can never touch planeswalkers, even in the new version. <laughs> but then, like you know, like people would play like whatever enchantment. Let's just say like turn to frog or or, or frogify yep. or something, right? But no, you don't get to do that to Divinral Urborg Tyrant. And I, I I think this card is such a fun card and you only have to pay one when it dies granted that it is a very expensive commander but but like yeah like it it is sweet yeah i i like this card a lot too i don't think that like hexproof fart is actually very relevant it must be like a flavor thing it i is. don't really understand like what that does other than add flavor to the card but uh the thing I like about the card is it's a really sweet, like, zombie aristocrat commander, and zombies actually have a lot of support for, like, the sacrifice build. You have, uh, like, the old Innistrad blue-black lord diagraph something that has, like, a blood artist ability built in. There's Plague Belcher that has a blood artist ability. There's Undead Augur that has a card draw when anything dies ability. Uh, so it's perfect for, like, a 
uh, Esper Aristocrat Zombie deck. And you can even go infinite with it with, like, Gravecrawler, Phyrexian Altar. You just sacrifice Gravecrawler a million times and then cast this for infinite zombie tokens, so there's shenanigans there. And it combos with itself. If you got enough mana, you just, like, play this and sacrifice it to something, blow everything up, then recast this and make a bunch of zombies. The only thing I don't like is it might be a little Child of Alarian, where oh. this is going to lead to long games, where everyone's stuff just keeps getting repeatedly blown up. It's so I expect it's going to take a long time for games to end when this commander shows up. I mean, I'm definitely going to try to, like, what, like I guess you know beef this up with like uh like a dark steel plate or something like that so i could <laughs> just like it <laughs> well it'll, it'll never die but i guess like if i get like there, there's just like something that you there about this card and i think it's the flavor that i just really enjoy uh but but yeah like like you had mentioned the the aristocrat side of it is such a cool thing zombies haven't had that and zombies do feel like the perfect aristocrat tribe we've always had those really pesky zero one human cards but now now you can do like like you had mentioned all that and there, there's the sweet white zombies from Amonkhet that we never got to play with in Commander because usually when you go zombie deck it's like blue black so I'm excited I don't know why everyone types about this card but it's cool <laughs> it's so expensive <laughs> it's like, mostly flavorful that's why yeah I it's it. flavorful like if you if you can turn four disc into turn five Lotus Navinral or Tyrant <laughs> then you can get somewhere with it right but then when it dies it just blows up all your creatures again I don't I don't know what you do with this. <laughs> it seems a bit slow for like a child Alara type deck, right? I, I, I don't know how many times you can have this die to be completely it's honest. Like, <laughs> you, you need seven mana for the first one, right? Because you need to cast it for six and you have to hold up a mana in case yeah. it dies. And then the next time is nine. I'm like, I don't know how you get to cast this multiple times. But it is cool to disc into uh, the tyrant himself. Did you did you see his necklace, by the way? Is the necklace the disc? Yeah. Oh, I'm like, what is this? Is it a frisbee? Like it's a donut. It's just a donut. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's 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 my music. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, all right, next up we have Arkelos Lagoon Mystic, one black, green, blue. So Saltai, four CMC. It's a two four. It's a turtle shaman legendary creature. As long as Arkelos is tapped, other permanents enter the battlefield tapped. As long as Arkelos is untapped, other permanents enter the battlefield untapped. Oh man, I love this. I really love this card. This card is really sweet. When I first read it, I was like, okay, this is just like, it's a turtle legend. That's cool. You can build turtle tribal. But I actually think that that second ability, where as long as it's untapped, other permanents come into play untapped, is really powerful because that overrides things that would normally come into play tap. So you can like scape shift, for example, and use this like an amulet of vigor or even just play your like bad budget lands uh, like the gain lands and have them turn into real dual lands because they're going to come into play untapped so I think there are some really sweet shenanigans by playing stuff that's supposed to come into play untapped uh, or supposed to come into play tapped untapped with this even uh, oh man what's the artifact where you can pay one uh, two of each color and you just uh, you win the game but it comes into play tapped door to nothingness Door to Nothingness. Yeah, this would be, like, perfect for Door to Nothingness, having that come into play untapped. So, so yeah, I think this card's actually way more powerful than it looks. I don't know if it's great as a commander, but I'm really excited to play this in the 99 of a bunch of decks. Amulet of Vigor is a powerful card uh, and, and whatnot. I, I think this card is is obviously powerful, but uh, I, 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 am, uh, <laughs> I am very skeptical of anything that seems to pair well with Lance. <laughs> I think mostly from a fun perspective too powerful right yeah. like so if you if you have this thing tapped everything enters tapped like your opponents your things their creatures their artifacts their lands their, their basic lands literally everything yes planeswalkers <laughs> included so if you have a way to just keep this tapped like attacking <laughs> right then it's like over right like everything just enters tapped forever it's like the ultimate lockdown card Oh, I'm a moron. Sorry. No, I read this card wrong. <laughs> Editor, undo everything. <laughs> undo everything. I got excited. I was like, is this the ultimate stasis? I'm like, no, this does absolutely nothing. It's a Thalia. Okay, never mind. 
<laughs> but it's it's still it's still definitely a cool card. And there are shenanigans for untapping it where you can use uh, or tapping it rather, where you can use like vehicles and other effects like that to get around having to actually like attack with it because it is only a two four, so it's going to be kind of challenging to attack with. But I still think it's a, a pretty fun card. And Turtle Tribal, like who wouldn't yeah. want to build Turtle I mean, Tribal? It's time Commander? to build Ninja Turtles again. This is like very <laughs> giving me the vibes here. <laughs> I, I that that untapped part, entering everything un, untapped, is like a whew. That's that's the part that scares me the most. So 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 what happens if you have two cards that like let's say you have a Thalia like a, the 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 new Thalia and then this thing like what happens? They they go untapped because you see the, the two tapped motions. Someone explain layers to me I, and timestamps. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm pretty sure whatever came into play last wins. So is, oh, is that how it works? Okay. I, I'm pretty sure that that's the simple explanation. Yeah. All right. Uh, next card we have Apex Devastator, eight green green creature, uh, Chimera Hydra. It's a mythic, a ten ten. Cascade, 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 cascade. <laughs> this is a very Timmy card, right? It is funny. I, I, I think this card is hilarious. And it is it's going to lead to some fun games uh when when you cast it. Or when it resolves. It has to resolve, right? It's not on cast. No. Cascade is cast, yeah. Cascade oh yeah, is yeah. Cast. Oh yeah, cascade. Yeah, no matter what, it's always on cast. Yeah, dur. Uh so yeah, like this this is such a, a fun card though, regardless. As I said, it'll lead to some seriously fun games. Just doing it five times is so sweet. I mean, it's obviously super powerful, but it's also ten mana, so in commander, like once you get to ten mana, you got Ulamogs and stuff, so I'm pretty fine with my ten mana cards being really strong and this one is really strong but it's strong in like a fun random way where yeah. you could hit a bunch of like mana dorks or something and be really sad or you could end up getting like a ridiculous amount of power so i don't know i don't think there's any like building around it i think you just like ramp into it and cast it and hope something sweet happens i'm a little sad that there's no trample <laughs> yeah. it just, yeah, you need to, it just gets you you need to cascade into something that gives it trample. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm, you I'm do sure have you can to cascade into it. like an instant victory, right? Like, uh, oh, what's that guy? The guy that like ferocious and then gives every gives uh, something haste. Oh, Sorak, yeah. Oh. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure you can cascade into like some game winning plays here, but <laughs> I mean, this is not that hard, right? You like turn five Nissa, turn six Apex Devastator. Yeah, yeah, play. yeah. So that, it's, it's there. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. This is this is like the timmiest of Timmy cards, and I love that this is what they use their mythic slots on. Like if the if the set was all this and no jewel lotus, it would be amazing. Uh, it's just like these weird cards that you're like, what? But it's it's probably bad, but it makes you feel so good to play. It's not bad. <laughs> it's fun. That's the difference. It's fun. It's a ten ten. Yeah, and it cascades four times. And if you have like all the cascade enabling stuff in Commander, like that that have come out in this set, oh, I kind of wish this was a Godzilla card. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I, are, I can see are, that. are we still hating on th third party IP? But this, like, if Godzilla, like, one of some of the monsters from Godzilla had like these cool abilities, this could rather have been than being like five mana four fours or something like look it's a 10 mana 10 10 what do you want <laughs> it's godzilla this seriously could have been Ghidorah. yeah all right uh next up we have uh blim comedic genius <laughs> not to be confused with crim comedic genius <laughs> two black and a red four three legendary creature imp flying when blim enters or when blim deals combat damage to a player that player gains control of target permanent you control then each player loses life and discards cards equal to the number of permanents they control but don't own. This, this card is so sweet. It's such a fun, like, like a, a, a seriously just fun commander card. There's so many of those in this set. This is another one of them. And I, I, ah, I just can't get over it. it. It's just such a fun card. Yeah, it's like... Uh, it's like evil Zedru is how I think of this card. And uh, is Zedru always evil? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Zedra, you're kind of being nice, sort of. Like, you're not hurting your opponent with Zedra. You're drawing cards and gaining life. Instead, this is actually, like, making your opponent discard cards and lose life. And it's got good color. Like, this is a great commander for, like, giving your opponent demonic packs and harmful yeah. things like that to potentially kill them. This is a card, like, 
is it strong? Probably not. Like, I don't think it's just busted or anything from a competitive perspective, but it's got to be one of the most fun legends to build around from the set. And I think that's, like, where, in general, Commander Legends nailed it. There's, like... I don't even know, 15, 20, 30 legends, that as soon as I saw them, I was like, wow, I gotta build a deck around this. Is the deck gonna be good? I don't know if it'll be good, but it's gonna be fun, and I really wanna try to build it. So I feel like Wizards really kinda nailed it in general with this set, way more than I expected, discounting the the little, you know, Lotus issue. But outside of that, like, Blim is a great example of how they just made so many interesting build-arounds that aren't overpowered. Agreed. Agreed. This is this is gonna be a blast. I cannot wait to play this, especially for whatever holiday episode of Commander Clash we have. I'm <laughs> definitely going to build around this. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be uh, Crim's holiday buddy. Merry Christmas. Leave some life. Discard some cards. <laughs> Happy <laughs> holidays. Uh, is this is this the imp imp thing? Like, what, what yeah. do imps do in? In magic is this their thing they don't well not not really most of the imps i see are just small little no actually no those are devils no so devils ping when they die yeah devils are also like chaosy maybe imp is imp, like kind of chaosy right i mean they also don't die to racto showstopper so like you know <laughs> those are things i can tell you about imps <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we have Arami of the Dead Tide. This is actually the Goldfish preview card. Uh, one blue and a black legendary creature, Merfolk Wizard, uncommon. It's a 1-4. Exile cards from your graveyard equal to the number of opponents you have. Target creature in your graveyard gains Encore until end of turn. The Encore cost is equal to its mana cost. And if you forgot what Encore was, for each opponent, create a token copy uh that attacks that opponent this turn if able they gain haste sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step uh i i think that's really cool that there's a blue black merfolk I, by the way have you forgot about sig river cutthroat Come <laughs> i on. mean yeah but that's it right like you only have sig <laughs> and like i i feel like this is a a really fun build around like for a graveyard slash reanimate style deck, I think Encore is a lot more powerful than maybe it looks at first glance since you're getting three copies of something when you Encore it. So I imagine, like, picture, like, Runescar Demon or Garuda or Scholar of the Lost Trove or any of the Primordials. Like, getting three copies of those and getting their Enter the Battlefield trigger three times... That's absurd. That's like a ridiculous amount of value. So I think it's actually really fun to build around. I also think you can play it in graveyard decks if you're playing uh, like some other Sidrus, maybe Sidisi decks like that that care about like getting stuff in their graveyard. I think it's also worth considering for the 99 there as well. So I think in the right shell, it can actually be pretty powerful. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like I a think- lot with how like blue black self like self mill cards work and whatnot, you can you can seriously play with that i mean like it, it pairs right into demir quite well like this card i think is insanely powerful and i'm really curious why it's an uncommon like of the things you can do like if you say encore a gary a gray merchant that's like 21 damage drained across the the table like immediately if you bring back a worm coil engine that's like a billion tokens uh if you massacre worm for some reason (laughs) like that is a lot of damage right like just getting three copies of any creature right and your creatures will be really good because it's like a reanimator deck uh is really strong so i'm a little confused as to why this is an uncommon i think this is actually uh, a really strong card and in the right shell will just do a ton of work it's like a must kill on on the spot otherwise someone's getting like 3x scar demon or something like that right like well i mean you still gotta spend the mana right well you get but you only you only have to cast it once right right yeah i mean it's it is it is uh, it's kind of a late game card i think it's really powerful in the late game but you do need to have a pretty full graveyard you need to have good things in the graveyard and you have need to have enough mana to encore the thing from the graveyard so it's not like oh i play this on turn three and win it's more like oh i play this on like turn eight after i self-milled a bunch and then it's going to generate a ridiculous amount of value as richard said like then it's absolutely insane but i think like the slowness of it probably means it's 
it's safe. Like, it's really powerful, but it's a powerful late-game engine rather than a commander that's just going to, like, take over quickly. In what if game. I accelerate it by three turns with the Jewel Lotus? Does that make it, <laughs> does that make it any better? No. No, <laughs> no not, not really. You're still in the same What if spot? I accelerate it by, like, five turns or seven turns by Jewel Lotus and Dark Rituals and Soul Rings? Does then it, you've, it make it you've handpicked your seven cards, and I guess if that's the best you can do... <laughs> is that the best you could do generate seven mana on turn one come on if you can pick your seven cards and all you did was generate seven mana and drop this <laughs> but you're like, all right, i forgot i forgot to actually buried alive in here so yeah. i'm just gonna pass the turn yeah. <laughs> uh all right uh next up we have wrong turn two in the blue it's an instant Target opponent gains control of target creature. If an attacking or blocking yes. creature changes controller, uh, it's removed from combat. How is this not an amazing card at instant speed? This card is super sweet. You can actually save somebody with this. You can, you know, really politic your way around, get rid of like, I don't know, uh, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, like outside of like it, the creature having hexproof, there's just a lot of fun you could do with this. More chaos stuff, more ways to be annoying in blue, right? Like, giving somebody's commander away, like, is hilarious here. It definitely does feel, it definitely does feel annoying. I will definitely give it, <laughs> I will definitely give it that. It seems annoying. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure this card's, like, good, but it seems like a really fun card to cast. Like, it does have that chaos aspect. I guess you kind of think of it as, like, kind of a removal spell. It's, it's a weird card to actually evaluate for me because you can't actually gain control of the creature yourself so you are kind of left trying to like get political favors out of it or like really weird roundabout removal where you can like give someone a big blocker to kill something that's attacking so i feel like this might be one of those cards that's like more funny than it is yeah. actually like strong but it does seem like will you put this in all your blue decks Graham? yes like do you like 100%. it to that extent where yes. you're just like I <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Krim will okay. put troll cards in his deck, but I would put it <laughs> in every deck because it's actually a good card, right? Because, yes, it's conditional, but the condition isn't that restrictive, right? Like, it allows you to play politics. It allows you to basically remove, like, you know, if someone attacks and you want to remove that attacking creature, you can give someone a blocker or, or something that will take care of it and then will take care of it for you, right? So yep. there, there are ways to like mess around with the board in a way that's favorable to you or if you need to kill someone right you could donate you know the next person uh, who's getting a combat step a creature and then they can kill the person remaining so there, there's all kinds of political moves you can pull with this yep. so I actually think this is just a straight up good card in addition to being like a troll card rather than just being like a troll card oh yeah right? you can use this to manipulate the board how you want it to be so in that sense I think it's actually uh, and auto include in like all blue decks if you're gonna play some removal and and like seriously think about that giving away a commander is very annoying <laughs> like, like sometimes people's decks really need their commander <laughs> and if you just give that away it's like nah dude <laughs> uh oh you just like nullified my deck and now I have to find a way to spend my own card to remove my yeah, own you commander remove it just to recast it <laughs> yeah so I like it yeah I, I okay I think that's all the previews we wanted to get to today uh, we have like a ton. We still have a backlog of all these cards we want to talk about. So uh, maybe we'll talk about them in the future. Uh, but for now, you can check out all the latest previews on mpgpreviews.com. And then if you check uh, the YouTube channel, the Commander YouTube channel, our streams, we talk about all the cards there too. Uh, so tons and tons of new things to talk about. And of course, we'll be playing these cards uh, on Commander Clash when they come out. So we'll get to see the cards in action. And I'm going to see Seth kill himself with Wheel of Misfortune. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. 100% guaranteed. Someone <laughs> someone put up a straw poll right now. Like, what is the highest amount someone will ever choose for this card? And will it be Saffron Olive? <laughs> yep. I, I tell you now it will. I'm, I'm not even... I'm not going to deny it. I'm telling you, Seth's downplaying how much he'll pay on, on podcasts right now. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to fish mail. If you have questions, you can send them to at mtggoldfish on Twitter with the hashtag mtgfishmail, and we'll get to your question on air. Don't mind me as I pull up the fish mail. <laughs> it's, it's happening right now. I am now trying to read. Okay, Saw Speaks. 
Sorry if you haven't asked us already, but what token represents each of you best? Token. Token. I would say <laughs> a fairy rogue token. But specifically the Lorowin ones. Because those ones are the ones where they have that menacing smile where they've just done something wrong. Like, like you know, untied your shoes and didn't tell you. And then, and then are flying away. Oh, we've had some good... Uh, let's see, the... The Kithkin token? Maybe a goat token. I think I'll go for the goat token. The, the, the zero the, one. The seductive goat? The seductive goat. You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I think a zero I, goat, a non-menacing goat that will end the game somehow. <laughs> I have never thought about this before. I actually don't know what token would be. I would be. Do you guys have any ideas? Like, I'm trying to think. Like um, a Stang token? I maybe, like, maybe Stang, the Stang twin. <laughs> What's you could also be uh, oh, but now now that now that I'm thinking about it, I mean I guess like the fairy rogue is like very me, but I also want to be the little monkey from Karuzev. Ooh, yeah, that's Ooh. that's a good Renga, one. Rengavan. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> we know what Tomer would be. Tomer would be the Cauldra token, the avatar <laughs> that, yeah. that doesn't Other, even exist. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't I, even I, exist. It's like not even I, a thing. I would be a Panharmonicon token because I <laughs> had copied it with uh, with something that makes a token copy. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're a, you're a copy of Blood Moon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, somehow there's a Blood Moon token on the battlefield. Throne of Waste. Will there ever be a way to make a commander that references flavor text outside of an unset? It would be fun to brew a deck looking back through all the flavor text, like the fairy that has draw a card for each card uh, played, referencing to fairy or something. I so would be some kind of rules text referencing flavor text. I would be very surprised if we actually, if we actually got a flavor text card in Black Border. I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's very unlikely. Mm, I agree. I, I think there's other ways to accomplish what that's trying to do, and I think they just want to have the creative freedom with flavor text, right? But we have cards that reference uh, names of cards. We have cards that reference like the type line and things like that. So I think they're they're happy with that. Uh, last question: uh, Funk Fu Seven Four Nine. With more than a year of play, how do you feel about the London Mulligan now? Oh. I I still I still like it. I've been able to I mean mostly because I play standard. Uh and and even then I I do see that yes, London Mulligan did affect standard when it had the Simic food uh era of like consistency, but like I do I do like having the ability to uh you know just kind of like pick the card I don't want and then shuffle it away. Personally, I still think it uh it was a, a negative, in my opinion, uh, for constructed formats. I think it just makes decks, uh, makes games feel too samey, and everyone seems to always have their, like, ideal draw. Uh, so I still don't like it for constructed. I think it was great for limited. Um, but at the same time, I've kind of given up hope on it ever changing. I feel like if it hasn't changed by now, it's not going to, so... I guess I've just, in some sense, given up on fighting that battle because I don't think there's any changing it at this point, even though I still think, for me personally, I think it makes magic somewhat less fun. Wait, so what What was What was the Vancouver mulligan? What was our mulligan before this? I have forgotten. Was it just a straight-up mulligan uh, and be done with it? You, uh, you get to scry if you mulligan. So if you mulligan, you get to scry one. No, no, be before this. Wait, uh, before the Vancouver the mulligan? Before this was the Scry Mulligan. Wait, what is yeah. our Mulligan now? The you draw London your cards Mulligan. and get to choose what cards you want to put back. Oh, oh okay, okay, I've confused myself. So I like the London Mulligan. Yeah, no, I like the London Mulligan, but I'm not as big of a fan of the current Mulligan. Wait, yeah, it, no, no, it's no, hard mean, to say because the fire design stuff and like really standard being a hot mess like kind of convolutes it all. Like I don't, I don't. Hmm. Hmm. I will say limited feels a lot better now. I, I, I do, like, when you mulligan nowadays, it's not an auto loss. Like, even with the scribe mulligan, when you mulled to five, the game was over. Like, yep. you needed, like, a 1% miracle chance to actually win. Nowadays, I feel it's okay. And also because your cards just generate so much value, you can, like, dig yourself out of that hole if you have the right cards. So in that sense, I think the games are better because like do you like do you remember keeping like sketch hands on like six and stuff because 
going to five is just an auto loss. Yep. Now, now you can mm-hmm. win on five. Now, now you can win on five, like a reasonable number of times, right? It's not like you need the hail mary. Like you're like, oh, I can actually go to the right five and have a good game, right? Yeah. I feel, I feel like my issue is I feel like it over, it goes too far in that direction. Like. If it was just like, oh, my hand's not good, so I'm mulliganing, and oh, good, because of this mulligan rule, I have a like a functional hand, I would mostly be okay with it. The part that I don't like is, as we saw a ton in Standard uh, a few months ago, it's kind of used with like, oh, my hand's really good, but it's not my nut draw, and since this mulligan rule is so strong... I'm going to mulligan this, you know, really good seven because I think I can get a more, even more nut draw E6. And I feel like that's, that's the unintended consequence of the mulligan rule. If there was a way to like restrict it so people could only use it when their hand was actually bad, I think I'd be fine with it. My issue with it is people throwing away hands that before you would be perfectly happy with because you think you can get something better taking advantage of the mulligan rule. Oh, do you remember like the old mulligan rule? Where it's like if you have zero lands or all lands, you can mulligan, and that's that, it. Like, that might be a little too restrictive. Yeah, <laughs> that might be a little too that, far. That's, yeah, that's too much. I mean, I think I, I I see all the points, but I feel playing more games of Magic is better than not playing more games of Magic. So, and then also the if you play best of one, like Arena, also like messes with your hand to just give you more functional hands. So, yeah, I feel just having more functional hands is is better. And if the price is, like, some decks are too consistent, uh, I think that can be solved with just, like, better card design. Like, just stop making, like, Once Upon a Time and things like that, and then, you know, it'll be fine. Better card design. That's asking a lot, Richard. That's asking a lot of wizards Better card design. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting topic, and we just unfortunately don't know because there's just been so many changes, right? There's just been uh, so many like powerful cards, so many bands, uh, even like all our old formats. They just like fundamentally change with the new card printings, so we can't really tell. But uh, I do suspect the the new Mulligan rule does have something to do with it. Uh, okay, that's all the time we have for fish meal this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, send them to at goldfish with the hashtag #MGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And on that note, I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 301 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Grimm, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about probably more Commander Legends spoilers and whatever (laughs) else goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have a wonderful week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out.